0: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Wednesday, September 29th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director, of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. and A little extra, there's a little extra pep in my step this morning. I don't know if you can tell. I'm going to South Florida this uh, this weekend, and I'm going to partake in the festivities for the Don Shula Celebration of Life on Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium, and then obviously Dolphins versus Colts on Sunday. I already have a couple trips to Miami planned this year. This one was kind of impromptu, was kind of told, hey, you want to get away for the weekend, feel free. So we're going to the game. And uh, as I was conducting my daily duties for over at uh, Dolphins Wire, uh, which a lot of daily content over there, uh, I couldn't help but notice when I pulled up the Dolphins weekly release for week three or week four of the 2021 regular season between the Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts, that the Dolphins program their weekly release for the week 4 contest against the Colts happens to have their throwback logo plastered all over it why is this important uh obviously the celebration of life for Don Shula his legacy you know his entire career um you know, going all the way back to to 70 when he came in uh with Miami it was this throwback dolphin with the helmet retro look that uh I'm particularly fond of and obviously uh, the dolphins have throwback uniforms of both home and away renditions that feature those old school uniforms. The dolphins have also not released a schedule for uniforms in 2021 which they've done for the last couple of years, at the very least, it's a big to-do when they release the schedule uh, for what uniforms they're wearing for what games. I have no proof, but I am packing every ounce of retro logo fan gear that I have for my trip to South Florida this weekend in anticipation that the Dolphins are going to wear their throwbacks against the Colts. And if that is indeed true, uh, Dolphins buy a billion. Go ahead and say it right now. Uh, obviously, high stakes matchup. I've already had a chance to sit down with Locked On Colts. That's a conversation that we're going to have tomorrow on the podcast. Great conversation. Uh, two teams that that have a lot to lose uh, and have a lot to play for. Uh, but uh, if Miami at home is wearing throwbacks, it's it's game over. Dolphins, go ahead and put it in, uh, put it in stone. So that's kind of uh, something that's that's got me a little excited this morning. Obviously, between the opportunity to go to the game this weekend and uh, also the potential to see some uh, throwback uniforms in action. The last time I was down there uh, was the Rams game last year. They wore throwbacks in that opportunity, and uh, the Dolphins won the football game. So a lot of good came out of that. A couple of quotes jumped out to me, uh, courtesy of some of the assistant coaches and the transcripts that were put together uh, throughout the course of the day yesterday. The first one, the most notable one, obviously being uh, from Eric Studisville. Uh, he was asked about Jalen Waddell and the passing game, having 12 catches for 58 yards and what, what you know, him not getting looks down the field, you know, what's the root of that? Uh, and Eric Studisville said the following. We are talking a lot about that, trying to find explosive plays and ways to get explosive plays, not just for Jalen, but for other people on the team also, whether we're talking about Will Fuller or Mike Gusecki. We did take some shots at the end of the game the other day in Las Vegas. We're always trying to find explosive plays. We're constantly talking about it. We're trying to put them in. We are trying to get them, but we are limited at times because of what the defense gives us. We have to call them at the right time, and we have to be prepared, and we have to dial those up when we think we have the best chance to execute those. Which is true. That's absolutely true. But you went out and bought a Formula One race car and Will Fuller to play on the outside, and you traded back up in the draft after trading out a three to draft another four-three F F1 car in Jalen Waddle. And that's the nice thing about having four, three guys on the field. And obviously Miami hasn't had a lot of four, three guys on the field, let alone multiple at the same time in recent memory. But even if they play soft, you're still going to have opportunities to make the thing go boom and create explosive plays because you can't, if they're going to, Defend you so soft that they're going to stay over top of 4 3 guys, then there's no excuse to not find voids and run sale concept or something into the boundary that attacks the perimeter. Because if they're going to sink over top of 4 3 athletes and stay over top of them and not risk getting burnt beat, they're going to give up a ton of room in the intermediate areas of the field to the outside. I think you still need to take the shots, even if you feel as though, oh, well, they're in too high. Okay, run something into the middle of the field because the middle of the field is open, right? Try and run something that's designed to um, play eye candy and attract the eyes of that deep safety. If they're going to play three deep, and that was Gus Bradley, uh, that defense that uh, the Raiders implemented that that's kind of notorious for playing a lot of cover three. Uh, you still saw them get behind those guys when they had to take a couple of shots. So I, I don't have a good explanation. Uh, and I talked with Joe Rose about this this morning on WQAM as well. And he was like, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it feels like they're they're trying to coach around the offensive line. And yeah, that's true. But um, Eric Studisville makes a reasonable point that um, you do need to be dialing them up at the right time to have the best chance to hit them. And I think that's one of the challenges that uh, of having a second year quarterback uh, into Itanga Valoa and having a quarterback in Jacoby Brisset who kind of feels like he's got a little bit of a glass ceiling against him. Uh as far as his quickness in the pocket and his accuracy you have to be able to get into the right plays before the snap. And that's something that if you you don't have the ability to properly diagnose, this is why, you know, we say what we do about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, do, there's a lot of Dolphins fans that became disenfranchised with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the road because they felt some type of way uh, about the comments that he made uh, about the transition into a tongue of Aloha, And I get all that. But it's very clear when you watch the Dolphins throughout the course of this regime, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback to this point in time that they have unequivocally trusted to cut it loose when he needs to. Uh, They still shelled up with him from times and coached a little conservatively in 2020, but they played a much more free-wielding style of football, it felt like. And why was that? And it's because of what Ryan Fitzpatrick was capable of doing before the snap. So he has the autonomy at the line of scrimmage, to make judgment calls and alerts and change the play because his pre-snap picture processing, it's at a very high level. And and where he got into trouble is when he decided what it was and then the picture changed, but his mind was already made up uh, from pre-snap to post-snap and he didn't actually execute the reads. So I do think that's something that, you know, as this regime tries to work with Tua Valoa moving forward, once he comes back from the broken ribs and Jacoby Brissett, like that's a challenge, I think, for this coaching staff. I think that's a hurdle that it feels like this coaching staff um it's gonna be hard for them to get over because you have a second year quarterback who has yet to start 16 games. He started, what, 10, 11 And then you have Jacoby Brissett. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's he's not and he's an experienced player, and that's valuable to Miami. But I can't help but sit here and think that a lot of, if Miami is going to play aggressive, they need to find the balance on the tightrope to trust the quarterback who's in the game, regardless of whether it's Tua or Jacoby, to consistently get the team in the right play ahead of the line of scrimmage. And I don't think either one of these guys has shown this coaching staff to the standard that they expect, right or wrong, that they can do it anywhere near where Ryan Fitzpatrick did. And I think that's why I can't believe I'm talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick on September 29th. But I think that's why if you reflect on how the offense played, particularly in 2019 and before Fitz initially got benched in 2020, um, they were much more open as an offense. And I think that's a big root and core reason why that's a theory. You know, I haven't talked to anybody. I don't have anything of substance here to point to, but just observations based on, uh, I had a great conversation with Jordan Palmer uh, yesterday for the draft network. And Jordan is a highly successful quarterbacks coach. He played in the league for seven years. Uh, He's the brother of Carson Palmer and talked a lot about the evolution of quarterback play and uh, information processing and pre-snap and, uh, all the responsibilities that you have, and it was a great conversation, really enlightening to kind of uh, digest what a young quarterback, all the things that they have to work through in such a short amount of time. And that's uh, quite often not something that's that's you know, easy to do and easy to accomplish. We're back and better than ever, all eyes on the gridiron Teams are back for the start of football season, and as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available now for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on. Listeners of Locked On Dolphins. We've been talking a little bit about the Get Upside app, and if you haven't got on board yet, I would like to know what in the heck you're waiting for. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you can get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump. Get cash back using GetUpside. You can download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch you can get it deposited right into your account. You can go right to your bank account, PayPal, Amazon gift card, or otherwise, that's get upside using promo code touchdown. So as I kind of process and I'm thinking about the Dolphins offense a lot, and I'm also thinking about this um, exchange that I had had with uh, Jordan Palmer, which was fascinating, right, because he's worked with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence. And he talked a little bit about kind of the the dynamics of hitting the ground running as a quarterback in the NFL versus uh, what it was when his brother came out. It was the number one overall pick. And um, it was really fascinating listening to him talk about the dynamics of, you know, what information, relaying information was back then versus what it is now and um, you know, how teams have a certain expectation now that you're going to hit the ground running and you're going to play fast. And um, that's something that Miami has certainly experienced with Tua Valoa They tried to play the long game and be patient, and uh, they made it six games, and they put Tua in. And I wanted to share what uh, Jordan had to say about, NFL offenses, the trends towards college concepts, and I think this is really pertinent to the, for the Dolphins because uh, it feels like they're trying to feel their way through this too to set to a tongue of a for success. Say what you will about the failures from a personnel perspective. Miami has tried to bring in offensive linemen that are going to provide some level of stability. I think they went too hard into the youth movement based on what we've seen early this season. Um, But they are calling a style of offense with all of the RPOs that is very much tailored to to Tua Tungvalu. And that's going to be relevant when you consider and what you hear what Jordan has to say about kind of offensive systems in the NFL today. What's happening is that quarterbacks are getting more mobile. And I'm not talking like Lamar Jackson mobile. I'm talking pretty much every quarterback taken in the first round can move. Sam Darnold can move, Josh Allen can move, Zach Wilson can move and go. Mac Jones, okay. He's the first one in the last four years since Josh Rosen. And I still think he ran a 4-8. So it's the mobile quarterbacks, the quarterbacks who can move and can actually pull it and get five yards and make the defense play you differently. That is now creating space on the field and the quick game and the way the screen game has evolved. Like all of those are the ways that they can create advantages without making stuff super complicated for everybody. They want guys to just play fast. And that's what uh, another thing that happened when my brother was drafted number one overall, he sat his entire rookie year. He was healthy. Um, because he had to learn an NFL system damn near every first round pick is expected to start now. So what you can't do uh, is keep it super complicated. The real reality is that plays from that offense, um, what they're doing is taking things that work from players in college, simplifying things, making it one, two, Hey, we're just going to read one defender. So it's not dumbing it down. It's not ruining the game. It's not any of those things. It's just evolving and it's not evolving through getting more complicated. It's evolving through going, and doing more things that work for the player individually that did in college. And the reality is those things are good for the game. I know a couple of quarterbacks who are telling me right now that almost half of their play calls are RPOs or game starters. They're having good years. The reality is it's working, and you can also funnel in new, younger wideouts. You can get rookies and young guys that play because they're not playing slow because they're confused by all the long play calls. They're saying, oh, okay, I've got a slant, and here we go. And so you can, you can do more, I think, by simplifying it, but you have to do it intelligently and the best coaches are doing that. Obviously thought this was really interesting because we've talked on this show about some of the limitations that we feel the Dolphins offense is having by being skewed so hard into the RPO game. And this also takes me back to um, one of the coaching clinics that I watched recently. Uh, which was from Mike Gundy, who's very into RPO and and air raid style system um, at Oklahoma State. And he talked about the concept of having more build-offs off of your core principles. And that included a run, a counter run, an RPO, a play action pass, and then some kind of naked or rollout concept off of that, off of each one of those core principle plays. So if and this is a trend that Jordan and Jordan, I mean, he's worked with phenomenal quarterbacks that are lighting up scoreboards across the NFL. If he's hearing from some of his guys that up to 50% of their their plays are RPOs, you know, it can work. So then we just have to, as a fan base, kind of ask ourselves and, and look a little harder at this situation and ask well, what is not working. And obviously from an offensive line perspective. There's execution issues up front. But um, I'm also watching this team come out and run tempo, and they're running up and down the field. Not running up and down the field, but they're having a much better success rate in running tempo than what they are when they're running traditional offense. And that was also something that Eric Studisville was asked. Seems like you guys have a lot of success when you're up against the clock and are a little bit more urgent on offense. What do you see differently that makes you successful in those situations on offense when you have to go a little up-tempo and fight against the clock? And Eric Sudisville said, that may be what is happening in the game, but we want to have urgency at all times. We want to be productive, not just at the beginning or at the end of the game. We want to be productive the entire game. We want to have tempo. We want to have urgency the entire game. We are working for that. We have got to be better at it. Obviously, That's something for us to work on going forward. We are talking about that, but we have to have urgency the entire game for 60 minutes. We don't want to let down and then ramp it up at the end. We don't want to do that. We want to be consistent throughout, and that's something we can work on and get better on. Yes, it is. How do you do it? I don't know. And I don't know if this is kind of working through the inexperienced play callers. And George Scott, is perceived to be the one that's calling plays, but ultimately at the end of the day, George Scott's call plays for 19 games at the NFL level. It was for the Houston Texans. And it was like six years ago. So I think the dolphins kind of have to look at everything, put it under the microscope. and evaluate their relay of information, right? Because there is so much information on any given play. If there's inefficiencies there, that's costing this team the opportunity to play the best version of offensive football that they possibly can. There are no inefficiencies with Built Bar, though. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Top of the first round. These things are delicious. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. they got 100% chocolate on all their bars, a bunch of different delicious flavors to choose from. Right now, you can visit builtbar.com. use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com. promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So some new layers to a lot of similar conversations that we've been continuing to have here on the podcast. But uh, I definitely thought the conversation with Jordan Palmer had some dynamics in talking about evolution of offenses that was relevant for us to hear as the fans of this team. And as we watch this team try to figure out how to best uh, build around and balance what Tua Tangvaloa does well. And of course, Tua's is not playing right now. So it's kind of, it shouldn't be an afterthought, right? Because this whole thing, you drafted this guy number five overall. This whole thing should be catered towards him. And that's the last quote that I'm going to leave you from, uh, from Jordan Palmer uh, in the conversation that we had for the Draft Dudes podcast, uh, which if you guys have not checked out, that is coming out today. Highly recommend the whole thing. It's 30 minutes of phenomenal talk. But I was asking Jordan about kind of the emotional qualities of high-level quarterbacks. And what he said was this. um, You can take the best leader who's got all the traits in the world and won a championship in college, and if you put him in a terrible situation in the NFL, that guy will suck. We're proving this time and time again. I think the problem with quarterbacks not playing well early in their careers is a lot less to do with the quarterback I think there are significantly more. If you put a list of guys together that you consider every first round bust that a quarterback for the last 10 years, I'll bet you the majority. And I've done this exercise. The majority of those dudes, it was the team that busted on the development of that player, not the player busting. I played with a couple of those guys. I played behind Blaine Gabbert, who was the 11th pick in the draft, or the 10th pick in the draft. And number 11 was JJ Watt. So all people think he's a bust. I don't think they developed him. He's got all the traits. Um, He goes on to reference and talk about what Buffalo did with Josh Allen and the vision that they had. So, But we also have to understand that as all this is is transpiring, this this black cloud of rumors is still hanging over this team. And I think that kind of makes it really complicated to, to get the clarity that we need on who's all in, who's not all in, and if you're not all in, why aren't you trusting the quarterback to execute an offense? Like there's a lot of exploratory questions that need to be answered for this Dolphins regime at this point in time in this Dolphins quarterback situation at this point in time. And I don't have the answers for it. And that's why, you know, we kind of took off the rah-rah, we're going playoffs hat and we've kind of shifted our mentality. And now the mentality is we're evaluating this team still. I don't want to be evaluating this team and figuring out who the guys are, who should stay and should go and what hard changes need to be made and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of unknown right now that the best way that I can work through that process. And hopefully you guys will enjoy this process with me is to kind of explore these questions and, um, try to find the clarity we need to to have peace with what we think Miami should do moving forward. Tomorrow is a crossover Thursday with the Indianapolis Colts. It's a great conversation. I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it. I want to thank you guys for carving time out of your day to listen to Locked on Dolphins. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins and fins up. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.